0: I'd like to welcome you all to the Department of Defense's Bloggers Roundtable for Wednesday, December 8th, 2010. My name is Petty Officer William Selby with the Office of the Secretary of Defense Public Affairs and I'll be moderating the call today. A note to the bloggers on the line, please remember to clearly state your name and blog or organization in advance of your question. Uh Respect our guest's time keeping questions succinct and to the point and please place your phone on mute if you are not asking a question. Today our guest is Dr. Alicia Sanchez are Defense Acquisition University. She will discuss the first ever Department of Defense casual game site, which allows acquisition professionals to play games related to acquisition topics. Uh, with that, ma'am, if you have an opening topic, topic or opening statement, you can go ahead with that.
1: Hi, everybody. So I'm Alicia Sanchez, and I'm the GamesR at DAU. Uh, thank you for the wonderful introduction. Uh, we've just launched. As mentioned, the first-ever DOD casual game site. It's also the first-ever casual serious game site where people can go and play games that's relevant to their education and training. And we're super excited about it. We realized that our actual workforce, the acquisition technology and logistics workforce, was representative of what we see in the casual games industry. And that's why we sort of made this this step over here and decided to see if we could start actually implementing learning changes within our organization based on some of these games. So I'm all yours.
0: Thank you very much, ma'am. And uh, Spencer Ackerman, you were first on the line.
2: Hey, thanks very much. It's Spencer Ackerman with Danger Room here. Um, When you say that uh, this is relevant to their education and training, um, I'm playing the uh, the Ratner game treasure cheese. Yes. And and I'm not totally sure why if I'm an acquisition professional, I'm learning something new here. Um, can you talk about how this, you know, is is more of a an educational tool than, you know, for lack of a better term, a time waster?
1: Absolutely. So all of our games come from the perspective that we're reinforcing core competencies. So we don't expect a lot of the users who come here to not be able to play them. We've designed these so that most acquisition professionals could be successful in playing them, and they're really designed to reinforce concepts. So Treasure Cheese, I believe, if memory serves me, correct me, is also a quiz game about congressional enactment, and the point of that game is for Ratner to be able to answer a question by selecting the right treasure chest that has the answer to the congressional enactment. Um, problem, and that one is actually designed for one of our 100-level courses, which is one of our lower-level courses, and that course focuses on memorization and making sure that you understand the terms and their definitions. Does that give you a better sense?
2: Uh, It it, it did. Now, um, I'll wait for a second round and continue.
0: Sure. Thanks, Spencer. And uh, somebody else just joined us? This is Sean Reed at Military.com. Okay, Sean. And, uh, Sean, just, uh, I was going over the rules and just, uh, you're third on the line and make sure that, uh, while, uh, you're not asking a question, if you could place your phone on mute, that'd be awesome. Uh, Sandra, you were second, so you can go ahead with your
3: question. Thank you. Um, good morning. Sandra Irwin with National Defense Magazine. Um, I wanted to ask you about the, the value of this gaming, uh, system. Uh, we hear a lot from, uh, DoD acquisition offices, uh, senior officials saying that the, uh, program managers don't have enough knowledge, don't have enough training, that they're hiring untrained people and that there's just a, a knowledge gap, so to speak. So how do you think this GAINS capability addresses that? Okay, so.
1: Let me start by saying that the casual game site that you guys are seeing is one of the three games initiatives that we have going at DAU. So just as Spencer was was um, mentioning, these games on this particular site are really dedicated for reinforcement of core competencies, and the Ratner game is an example of a vocabulary memorization. Some of the other games become more experiential, like procurement fraud or um, our charge game. However, certainly the use of games in education and training from our perspective has always been from grounded with the the topics of simulations. We want people to be able to do their jobs better by providing them with experiences that they can't otherwise have because they're either too expensive or they don't happen frequently enough or in some cases they're too dangerous for an individual to embark on on a day-to-day basis. And we realize that the difference between an expert and a novice often is this huge cache of life experiences and experiences on the job. So, you know, directly in relation to acquisition, I'm sorry, to MDAP um, program managers, these are the sorts of implementations that DAU has invested in. We've been making games and simulations that we feel are going to provide a varied amount of situations, different uses for different topics, so that when these problems come up in the job, they have some experience that they can refer back to cognitively.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And Sean? I think
2: Sandra just asked my question, actually.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll have plenty of time. We can come back around to you. Uh, Spencer?
2: Uh, thanks. I, I want to just sort of, you know, dwell deeper um, on really, you know, how a more experienced manager is going to learn from, from this kind of, 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 of game experience. Um, you know, did you find there was a, a need for for that sort of thing, or, you know, and did you consult with with, uh, with, with some of your more experienced program managers about uh, if they even wanted to play games to, you know, learn how to be better at their job?
1: Well, one of the lessons learned from this entire experience for us has certainly been that if we present people with learning opportunities that are relevant to what they do, that they're accepting of them. and. For the senior level, we have a much different type of games, and this is still, once again, our casual game sort of implementation because we realized that the markets were so similar and there was an opportunity to get some learning in here. But when it comes to you know, the most senior level, certainly they have to have much more involved and more complex scenarios for them to really gain anything from it. As we move forward on this site, we intend to launch games monthly, and those games are going to have varying challenge levels for varying levels of acquisition professionals. And so we hope in the long run that we're going to be able to start incorporating types of games that are going to focus on very complex skills. But our focus to date has been on core competencies.
2: A quick follow-up. What do you think of as uh, sort of the, the more challenging skills? Uh, for for the games to simulate on, are we talking about like like fraud? Or are we talking about
1: something? Well, else? one well, of oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off. Um, one of the games that you can see on the site is a procurement fraud game, and I, that's one of my favorites. It's it was actually probably the first game that we delivered for DAU or that we had delivered to DAU. And that one focuses. That game's actual original purpose was to accompany a module that was very policy driven on procurement fraud. And procurement fraud, as you know, is wrought with shades of gray. And so in this game, students have an opportunity to perform investigations on suspects of procurement fraud. So they get to go to their office and to their home and do, you know, they collect a little evidence. Then they get to start forming theories. Do I think this is procurement fraud? What type do I think it is? You're allowed to move it into into an interview phase where you're allowed to ask the animated character some questions that you feel would help you determine. And then you have to reach a conclusion at the end. I've decided this is or this is not. And If you have decided that it is, what type of procurement fraud could it be? And, you know, that's still, even that is a a simple level and a shade of gray complexity compared to the the issues that our our program managers face on a day-to-day basis. But we have some, well, we have some real simulations, not so much games, but some intact team training simulations that we were demoing at ITCIC last week that focus on problems like the IBR and the RFP. How do we prepare an intact team to get to that point? Many people in, in different you know, career programs might only reach these points in a major program once, maybe twice in their career. And so we've realized that we need to do some just-in-time types of training and some experiential things to help them get through that and understand how to apply what can be extremely complex principles and policy into an actual situation. And that's what we're trying to do.
2: And that's for, for your more uh, senior manager.
1: That Those are for our more senior managers, yes. Uh, procurement fraud is one of the, 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 like I said, it's not complex. It's still shades in comparison to the decisions that have to be made at the highest level. But procurement fraud is one of the games that is available on the site.
0: Thanks. And Sandra.
3: Thank you. Um, since, I mean, you've only had this up for a few days, but can you give us a sense of how many people have already been participating, and who are they? I mean, in terms of their, um, are they military, civilian, junior, senior people? Can you maybe give us a sense of the participation? You know, as
1: desperately as I wanted to be able to provide you guys metrics, because I knew this would come up. Unfortunately, I was not able to extract those from our IT department. Um, I know that the Armed with Science blog had. I believe 7,000 distinct hits, and I know that our servers have been taxed, to say the least, by um, people coming. But the real measure for us isn't necessarily how many hits we get or how many people look into this. The real measure mm-hmm. for us is going to be how many people from the acquisition workforce register and start using some of those those facets of, of this entire tool. It's not just a site. You can all go to the game or to go to the site and play games, but... You also have the ability to create a unique registration for yourself. And with that, you can start making comments on the games, rating them. You can sort the games by categories. You can list your favorites. You can get badges for play. And so our measure of success is going to be based on the number of actual acquisition professionals that we actually get to be using the games. And unfortunately, it's just too early to tell.
3: Do you have an expectation or a goal as to how many you would like to see? (laughs) I have goals. (laughs) um,
1: Actually, my 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 goal was ten thousand in six months. Mm -hmm. And you know the acquisition workforce is one hundred forty-seven thousand strong. And so it it it's it's a high arching goal. Nobody's given me that goal, but that would be my goal. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you. And Sean.
2: Heather, I'm just curious up earlier, but is it going to be mandatory that any level of acquisition professional gets online and plays these games, perhaps in any classes or anything like that?
1: Some of these games do appear in some of our courses that are requirements. However, I can tell you that their play is not mandatory. And so certainly at no point do we expect people to go to the site and have to play these games in order to, to receive credit. We are looking at different paradigms where we could offer credit for play much further down the road. We've got a lot of research to do between here and there. But I can tell you this. There are games in our courses that are required courses, and the way that we've handled that to date, because, you know, this is very new to all of us, and our acceptance levels have been high, but... We, we certainly want to move into this cautiously. So when we do have a game in a course, much like the eight-rack games actually appear in the eight modules of our Fundamentals of Business Finance Management, at the end of each module, you take the game. You don't have to take the game to be able to successfully complete the course. So they are in a required course, but they're not a requirement to complete, although we do try to frame it um, in terms that we... we We've done some initial research and we do feel that people who have completed the game are often more successful in the test.
2: Gotcha. And uh, forgive me again, how many games do you have right now and and, and what was that figure? How many do you want to have? How many are you planning on rolling out over the coming months?
1: Sure, yeah. The, The site launched with 13 and those are the 13 DAU games that we felt really met the parameters of what a casual game is, which is often 2D, easy to use, very limited in its number of learning objectives. DAU at last count, I believe, had 35 games total. And so these are the 13 that we felt made sense from the casual games perspective. Um, It's our goal to launch one a month for the next year, and we have the next seven lined up right now. Perhaps, I think we've got an eighth now on the board. And so we'll develop um, or look for other development initiatives of games that could be included in the site.
2: Got it. And right now they're relatively easy, and they'll be. You're planning on ramping up the difficulty for uh, more, uh, more experienced acquisition professionals.
1: Well, I think that it, it won't necessarily take us creating more difficult games or more complex games for these games to be appealing to more experienced professional acquisition or acquisition professionals. The after the next two games that we've released, we're going to start releasing a series of glossary games, and there are a lot of games metaphors that we've seen this in ramp up significantly in level of complexity within the game. So they'll still be accessible to just about anyone in the acquisition workforce, but those will employ some fun leaderboard technology and, you know, I've already told all of our center directors we expect them to be at the top of these. But they certainly become very challenging and will be a challenge to just about anyone in the workforce. Great.
2: Are you doing anything to to focus on protest proofing uh, RFPs?
1: Actually not at this time, but as I said we do have an MDAP Intact team simulation that does focus on RFPs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, uh, Sean, and on to background to Spencer.
1: Um, real
2: quick, how much did it cost to develop these modules um, and who actually did the developing?
1: Absolutely. Um, the games on the site are are fairly low cost from the games industry perspective, and as, as I mentioned, you know you've been to the site for for those of you who haven't. We're not talking about Halo here, right? We're not talking about even three D here. We're talking about very simple two D. We've paired with um, local universities, uh, UCF in particular, as I'm located in Orlando, and the Advanced Distributed Learning Initiative (ADL), who also has their collab here in Orlando. To
2: sorry, ADL work- is what?
1: ADL. I'm sorry, uh, the Advanced Distributed uh, Learning Initiative.
2: And what's that? I'm sorry.
1: Uh, it's a it's a it's a government support organization. Y- you might be familiar with their work. They did SCORM. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we like to say You might be familiar with their work, SCORM. Everyone knows SCORM. Um, so ADL is a government support uh, organization, and so we've paired closely with organizations who have large student populations. Uh, the procurement fraud was built by ZG Games, which is a local company. That one is, as I said, one of our more complex games, and that one was certainly in the under 100,000 range. The games that were created just for the site were created by ADL and by um, a local lab at the university named uh, Retro, and those were under 25k. And then the eight rack games were just slightly over the 25k mark, I believe each. Which were over the 25K, but under the 100? Um, way under the 100, just over the 25 the rat games, and those were developed by a place called NextGen. I'm sure my bosses don't want me telling you guys how much these games cost. <laughs> oh, I need the censor. Um,
2: Have you uh, considered, you know, something beyond the 2D range, or do you think that's just where the skill set is now to be, you know?
1: we we have we, we do use 3D in some of our more elaborate and more complex games and simulations and actually the game that's slated to be released in February is a 3D based game however we're really focused on what is our minimum level of fidelity required to target the learning objectives and when it comes to memorizing vocabulary we don't need great graphics and you know living in a scenario we, we've really tried to focus on what's our lowest cost, lowest uh, timeline solution for those.
2: Um, and real quick, how long did it take to develop these games? When did you guys start work on it?
1: Uh, we've been sort of creating a cache of these games probably for the last two years, and once we... Got delivery on the eight games, which were, which was about a year ago. We started developing the site because we realized that, you know, these games aren't just going to be eligible for use on this site. They, we already have a couple of games that we can run on our, on our mobile devices. So we'll be looking into posting some of these on iTunes as the year moves on. And we can put these games on Facebook and they're already on our Team Orlando Second Life Island. And so almost all of the games are doing triple and quadruple duty in every outlet that we think that we might be able to reach our students at. Thanks very much. Absolutely.
0: And Sandra.
3: Uh, thank you. Um, the DOD Acquisition Executive, uh, Ashton Carter, I believe he has asked DAU to do more training uh, for service contracts. I was wondering if the gaming initiative, uh, is, are you, if you're doing anything that specifically addresses Um, The management of service contracts, so
1: unfortunately I'm not familiar with that initiative, so I do not believe at this time we're building any games in relation to that.
3: Okay, thank you.
1: That's all.
0: And on to Sean.
2: Good for right now, thanks.
0: Spencer, did you have another question?
2: Um, just to clarify, how long have you been um, with uh, Defense Acquisition University? How long have you been, James i um,
1: I've been there just about four years now, and it's been it's been a really wonderful experience for me, certainly. Um, what games
2: do you guys develop that aren't online games? Like, could I, could I get a could I get a, a Dungeons and Dragons for acquisition? <laughs>
1: No, but now we're going to look into that. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, as I mentioned, we have a couple of simulations. We've been working in the portfolio of contingency contracting, certainly, and creating some simulations that will that we feel will aid in pre-deployment planning for our contingency contractors. We've been working in the area of tools. A lot of the games, as I said, they do quadruple duty. I guess really they do more because. Some of our tools or some of our games are designed from the perspective of could these actually be performance support tools that we can make available to the workforce in that, in that outlet and hopefully provide them with support in actually doing parts of their jobs. Um, one example of that would be a continuous process improvement tool under production quality and management that we've been working ardently on and expect to release uh, just in the next month, I believe. Thanks very much. I'm good. Thank you.
0: Well, with that, ma'am, uh, I guess everybody's finished with their questions. I'd like to thank you all for your questions uh, and thank you for your comments, Dr. Sanchez. Uh, do you have any closing comments,
3: ma'am?
1: No, you know we're we're very optimistic that we're going to get great results from the site, and we're excited to be innovating and continuing to try to meet our users where we need them. And certainly, you know, we're always looking for games that are relevant to acquisition to include both in our portfolio on this site and on the site. So, so thank you guys all so much for your time.
3: Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, today's program will be available online at the bloggers link on ddlive.mil. We'll be able to access a story based on today's call along with source documents such as this audio file and a print tra- and a print transcript. Again, thank you, Dr. Sanchez and our blogger participants. This concludes today's event. Feel free to disconnect at this time.